In all the Christmas busyness, have you had a chance to just stop and smell the roses, so to speak? Let's do that now. Okay, stop. Take a big sniff. Smells like pine and cinnamon and sheer panic. Three days left. Come on, three days. So, if, if you went shopping yesterday, congratulations, you survived. You're absolutely insane. We've got a therapy couch for you in the lobby. If you're going to MOA later today, just park here. This is the closest you're going to get. And if you, haven't, if you haven't done any of your shopping yet, nothing, never underestimate a good box of ramen. You can even splurge. Get the beef and shrimp. See, see, around Christmas, we like to think that we're this. But we're really more like this. See, that's why verses like Isaiah 9-6 are so important. This was a prophecy written about Jesus 700 years before he was born. And so I want to read this to you today. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's that last one on the list that I want to talk about today. Jesus as our Prince of Peace. Now, when I think about the Christmas story and, and we heard it here, when I think about this does not seem like a very peace-filled time here. You have a very pregnant girl traveling for days, having to give birth in a barn without an epidural, total strangers showing up, but at least they brought gifts, so that's a plus. A mad king trying to kill you, and then having to flee as a refugee into a foreign land to save your life. None of that seems peaceful to me. And now fast forward to today, and I still don't see that we have a lot of peace. We are stressed out. No peace, just anxiety all around. Some of you are financially stressed. You're spending and spending, and you know those bills are coming in January. Some of you have family stress. It's supposed to be a merry Christmas, but instead you get together with your family and it's more like a Jerry Springer Christmas. <laughs> Some of you have political stress. Our president just got impeached. And if you support him, then you are probably angry at the House Democrats. And if you don't support him, you probably will be angry at the Senate Republicans. And some of you are angry, even scared for your community. Whether it was the robbery outside Hmong Village in the parking lot, or the officer-involved shooting of a Hmong man last weekend. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of anxiety around these days. 
And in all of this, where's the peace in Christmas? Where's the peace? See, if Jesus really is the Prince of Peace, did he fail? I mean, I don't want to be a heretic or anything, but did Jesus fail? Because I don't see a whole lot of peace around these days. It all depends how we define peace. So let's, let's take a look at this word a bit. So in Hebrew, the phrase Prince of Peace is Sar Shalom. Now the first word, Sar, that's the leader, captain, translated chief, ruler, official, that first word, Sar. Um, the Greeks adapted that same word and it became Caesar, the Caesar. In Russian, it's Tsar. And it shows up in other languages. Wherever this word Tsar comes in, it always means the one in charge. This can be in politics, in religion, in villages, wherever it is. This is the one in charge. The Tsar is the one in charge. Now let's go to the next word, Shalom. Now this is a little more familiar. You might even be familiar with this word. Now this, this means peace. So yes, it does mean peace, but it also actually means a lot more. It's not just the absence of war. It's the presence of something better. It's the presence of completeness, wholeness. Nowadays, we might call it holistic wellness among individuals, communities, ethnicities, this complete and whole wellness. So, Jesus is our Sar Shalom, our Prince of Peace. You could say he's our captain of completeness, our head of wholeness, our chief of contentment, the king of the ring. That's what Jesus is as our Prince of Peace. But what does this mean in everyday life? What does this mean for you and me? Well, two thoughts. First, our peace does not come from us. See, we do lots of things to try to have more peace. We practice self-care. We declutter. We Marie Kondo everything. Well, or maybe a closet and then we give up. We go on vacations, we exercise, we drink, we eat, we shop. We do lots of things to try to have more peace. Heck, last weekend, I even did an adult coloring book on my iPad. It's true, Here, here's the picture that I did. So, so I did an adult coloring book. Sitting by the fire, coloring in a, a cute little picture here. It was very nice, very peaceful. I was still really stressed the next morning. Because, <laughs> see, we do all of the things. And the problem is, the problem with all of these things we do to get more peace is they never last. They're not bad. They just never last. They're like the dollar store knockoff of a real product. They might be good, 
but you know it's not going to last. You know that pair of tongs is going to be breaking and chipping off whatever nasty coating they put on it after like one use. And that's the problem with all of these things we try to do to create or find peace in ourselves. They don't last. Because our peace does not come from us. <coughs> we can't find our peace inside us. Jesus is the one who gives us his peace. See, when Jesus finally told the disciples that he was leaving, he was going to be crucified, the disciples kind of panicked. They freaked out a little bit. And so Jesus sat down with them, and they had this amazing dialogue and discussion with them. It's recorded in the book of John, and here's one of the things he said to them. This scared group that he had been with for three years. Peace I leave with you. My peace... I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. See? Our peace does not come from us. It comes from Jesus. My peace I give to you. And Jesus says that his peace is not like the world's peace, it's totally different. It's not like an adult coloring book in a fireplace. Jesus' peace is one that lasts. So anything you do to try to find peace on your own or from inside you, it's going to fall short. It will fail eventually. But when Jesus Christ gives you his peace, it's not like the peace the world gives. That is a peace that doesn't fade away. So where do you try to find your peace? Remember, our peace does not come from us. Now there's one more principle. One more thing we need to know. Our peace is not meant to stay in us. Our peace is not meant to stay in us. At the very beginning of his, Jesus, of his ministry, Jesus painted a picture of the kingdom of God. You might know it as the Sermon on the Mount. Here's one of the things he said. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Now, notice this isn't blessed are the peacekeepers. See, the Eastern value of harmony is so strong in some of you that you will do anything to keep the peace, to avoid conflict, avoid tension. But that's not what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is talking about peacemaking, not just peacekeeping. See, peacemakers, on the other hand, actively work to create peace. They attempt to bring broken things and broken relationships back together. Peacemakers attempt to reconcile things, people, and systems. 
wherever they go. I love how James, the book of James, chapter 3, uh, 18, describes it. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. What good is the church if we keep our sar shalom to ourselves? See, we should be the Johnny Appleseeds of peace. Family, have a little peace. Workplace, have a little peace. Neighborhood, have a little peace. Facebook, have a little peace. Oh, no, you need a lot more peace. <laughs> we should be the most peace-filled people on this planet. And we should be doling out peace like it is unlimited. Because guess what? We have an unlimited source of peace. Jesus Christ. So do you spread peace wherever you go? Remember, our peace is not meant to stay in us. Jesus gives us peace so that we could turn around and give peace to others. Now, all of this sounds great, but there's a problem. Why are so few of us experiencing peace-filled lives? Why does peace seem so elusive? You might have a little bit for one day, and then things get hard, or work kind of sucks one day, and then all of a sudden the peace is gone. Or somehow the peace disappears from the time you get into the car, and you get out of the car to get back home. Well, Gandhi once said, it is a first-class human tragedy that people on the earth who claim to believe in the message of Jesus, whom they describe as the Prince of Peace, show little of that belief in actual practice. Ouch. That hurts. But that's pretty true. Why is it? But so few of us have that peace and live out that peace in our daily lives. See, right now you might be thinking Godly was describing you. You're thinking, why don't I have more peace in my life? My life is filled with anxiety. But I try to be good. I try to be nice to my family. I'm in church, in the early service, no less. Surely that's worth something. Well, there is an answer to this question. And it goes all the way back to our definition. Remember our definition of what the word prince means? The one who's in charge. And see, here's the rub. We want the peace, but don't want to live under the prince. We want the peace, but we don't want to live under the prince. But in order to have the peace of Christ, we have to place ourselves under the rule of Christ. If Christ is the one in charge, we have to let him be the one in charge. But you see, we like to be the ones in charge. We want to make our own decisions. We want to determine right and wrong. We want to control our future. We want to do what we want to do. 
That's not living under the rule of Christ. That's putting Christ under the rule of you. So how can we have a Christmas or even a life that is filled with peace? You place your life under the rule of Christ. You let him be who he is, the one in charge. Here are four ways to do it. First, understand that God loves you. And he wants you to experience peace and eternal life. It's really easy to have some misconceptions about God. And you have to start there. That God loves you. And he wants you to experience peace and eternal life with him. Two, you just have to admit that you've taken control of your own life. The Bible calls that confession. You admit it. Three, you believe that Jesus Christ died for you on the cross. And he rose from the grave to give you life. Life here and life for eternity. And then you invite Jesus to be the one in charge in your life. You say, Jesus, okay, I'm done being the one in charge. Look where it's gotten me now. I'm going to let you be the Sar Shalom, the one in charge who gives me peace. This is not about whether you call yourself a Christian. This is not about whether you attend church. This is about whether you let Jesus Christ be the one in charge over your life. And it starts with saying yes. It starts with saying yes to Jesus. And you can keep trying. You could keep trying to manufacture peace, find it somewhere else, but you're not going to find anything that lasts. You will find no other Sar Shalom. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. That God loves us so much that he sent his son he took divine and entered into our world as a baby in a manger who even then was our prince of peace. So he is the prince of peace. Today, let him be your prince of peace. Join me as we pray. God, we thank you that you are good. We thank you that you love us so much that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, so that we could have a model, that we could have a taste of divinity here on earth, so that we could have a picture of what it could look like to live at peace. 
and that we could have a Savior who once and for all could give us peace with you. Lord, so I pray for every person here, for every soul, that you give them peace. Draw their hearts out. God, replace hearts of stone with hearts of flesh. Tear down walls. Close the gap, the distance that is separating us. We thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for the gift of a baby in a manger in Bethlehem. Because in that gift is our peace. So I pray for your peace on every person here. Those close to you, those far away. Those who once knew you. And for those who know you closely and intimately today. I pray peace in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.